Abby Normals. Welcome to Deeply Disturbing Things, the podcast. I'm Macy. And I'm Naomi. And I'm Sarah. And we're three anxious counselors who like to talk about deeply disturbing things. We're here to educate, enlighten, and entertain you. <laughs> oh man, we're getting so good. Let's dive <laughs> oh, in. <mood. laughs> um, I go first. Okay. Okay. So my topic, I, you know, per the usual, for the huge I had on the drive over I had no preparation whatsoever um about an hour before this is part of the reason I ended up being late <laughs> I see a sign for an estate sale oh. and so I go and check this out I ended up purchasing for forty dollars this singer sewing machine table that's like all intact super nice like super nice sewing machine table at this estate sale very nice worth way more than 40 dollars so yes skylar um just deconstructed like one of the turbines and he's turning it into a um, self-perpetuating energy machine that's cool yeah well, I want to see that one. Stay tuned done. for more. Like it has, that. it's like really interesting. Very ornate. It is very I'd like pretty. like to do a rubbing on that. I don't know what that means, but I kind of want you to not rub on it. Um, it's not that kind of rubbing. So this is my first estate sale. Have you, have either of you ever been? Are you estate? fucking kidding I've me? I've never been to an estate sale. I, I used to date Nate. We used to I, estate every oh, weekend. Because right. he had like thrift stores. Not thrift stores. He owns a bookstore. Bookstore. Yeah, so we used to go out every haircut stuff on your neck. I can't. I got a haircut today. So there we go. Beautiful. So we used to go out every weekend. It was super fun. Hit all the estate sales and like he'd be looking for books and I'd be just wandering around looking for treasures. Right. And so I mean I grew up on yard sales, estate sales, thrift stores. That's my jam. So stuff out of a um, antique store. Like she had her shop. And now she'll like buy stuff at yard sales and then I got this secondhand this fabulous fox sweater and I got these fabulous wool pants secondhand and I like those pants so all the candy secondhand no oh no it's thread no all the like I know I can't draw the line I told you beforehand I have goodies but not food I specified um so I'm just a little hungry all the drawers were completely full with like random old buttons the original sewing box I just grabbed a few like interesting things out of it you know what they call those notions what what's a notion (laughs) like little sewing thingies so these are so the sewing machine is from 1913 podcast topic name notions ratatons 1913 but see like wooden like all the thread things are all wood with like the original companies I have this a whole jar of wooden threads at home transparency sure bending tape with this cool little rolly bob that's bending tape bobs and then check out this okay this is called a thimble a thimble right but look at this so first of all just i'm going to read the it says mother shipton england's most famous prophetess 1488 to 1561 Look at this scary ass lady. Hold on. Okay, put your glasses on. She has a witch's hat, does she not? <laughs> does she not have she does. a witch's hat? And what's the what does it say again? It says mother, and I haven't even had time Mother to Shipton, England's most famous prophetess. So it must be some kind of wizard. 
Look her up. But like, what does she have in her hands, and what is she She's doing? Prophetizing. She clearly has eaten children. Yeah, that looks like a Hansel and Gretel scenario situation with the house in the background. So, do you even know how to sew? No, I have no, no idea. Mother Shifton's cave. Oh yeah, and that's what it says underneath. Mother Shifton's cave. Like, what it's is that? Ago. It was probably like one of those Some stories you'd frighten no. your children with. So more news to come on this, but it's actually it says Bone China on the inside, England, with the that's actual a kind of stamp. China. Yeah, right, right. So I, yeah, it I, mean it's boning China, made, right, made out of bones, right. Bone China. It's not made out of the bones of children, if that's what you were hoping. No, I mean sort of. Now that you I know that, now I wish that. Um, so I will follow up. I have to investigate that further, but I thought that was interesting. Again, I did this like right before I came here. Yeah. And then like interesting little like so this is has needles in it, but it's like a really cool old pack. Old buttons are fun. I brought some of those. I think you need to learn how to sew. Uh, well, this thing I looked it up, and it's like a five hundred dollars sewing machine that I got for forty bucks. We can go to that. What's that roadshow? I don't. Oh, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> and it had this box of all the original uh, singer. So it's a singer sewing machine. All the original like alterations you could do with the different needles that have never been used, which are super mm-hmm. cool. And then this was in there, which I thought was really... Is that a bracelet? It's a bracelet. And it has like a weird... I can't tell if it's an elephant on it. I was hoping you all could help me with that. So yeah. I know it's less interesting for folks watching since you got to get to touch this stuff, but... It looks like an elephant body, but then I, I know. understand what's happening with the head. Hmm. I think it's a turtle. Oh, no, it's an elephant. I'd like to do a rubbing on that, too. I just like to rub on things. Will it focus, do you think? No. <laughs> okay. Oh. So, um, I wanted to talk a little. So. Thing. Cool. <laughs> okay, so good. <laughs> um, I think you have to bend it in more of a wrist-like shape. But I thought it was interesting. So all of this was in the actual sewing machine drawers um, and endless buttons and other little odds and endsies. So all these notions. So it made me think about estate sales because when you actually like go into the people's house, which I thought Uh was really like creepy because you like walk room to room. I went down in the basement and I felt fine at first in, in the living room. And so this is where I'm tying in with the little ghost rod thing that happened at the party. Dousing rod. Dousing rod. Called a ghost rod. Ghost, rod. <laughs> ghost rods. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, so fine in there, fine in the first room that kind of felt like, like an office. And then there was like a different room. And I was like, I don't even want, like my anxiety went up really high. I didn't even want to be in that room anymore. And then we walked to the very end room. Um, So I was there with my boyfriend. And so he was with me, but even we both walked up and it was like a kid's room with kid stuff in it. And we both were like, nope. And we turned to like, not even. Um, But like, there's definite vibes in there and it was all older stuff, but like, how would you guys feel about going into, like, you don't know who died, first of all, um, how they died. These yeah. people are actually, and I'm going to talk about the people that go in there, um, like, they're paid estate 
people Mm -hmm. that do the selling. So it's usually not the family that's there. Yeah. I usually hire a company. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Like buying things from estates. So like people were buying clothes and they're just like laughing, like they're at a, a, like at a thrift store sort of deal. And it, to me, the vibe is so different than just going thrift store shopping yeah like it feels very personal I feel and maybe because it's my first time but I feel very invasive you kind of have this a little bit of a belief that energy can be attached to objects and if you bring certain objects into your home that have some oh yeah 100 I got this jeans vest once I had nothing but bad luck I fucking threw it in the garbage same yeah Mm -hmm. I kind of feel that yeah Mm -hmm. Mm yeah I've never really had anything but I think that it could happen 100 yeah I think so I mean there's no way that there can't be some energy in there antique shops or anywhere and you can kind of just feel like as you're walking through I can kind of feel like a weird difference of energy I don't know which is me but yeah well I mean if they have family typically the family goes through and gets all the stuff they want first and then they sell the rest to an estate Mm -hmm. person who gets to they get to price everything they're in charge of it so that they part of make their money part of my research was showing that like a lot of newer generations are like don't want their parents garbage you know like I don't want their house full of stuff because they don't typically many don't have the same sort of like big homes to then, then, you know, take a bunch of stuff. So many people are like, just get rid of it. I don't want, you know, sell it. Give me the money. Swedish death cleaning. Do you remember that? I was telling you about that. Um, Yeah. Where you prepare. You um, will, it's a ritual where you, um, the parents like get rid, like minimize and get rid of everything. um, It's a kindness to your kids. Yeah. So you don't burn your children to have to go through everything and feel sad. Yeah. My sister straight up told my mom, she's not going through anything. So really she does get rid of it now. or She's like, go through it now. I'm not going through any of those boxes. She straight up told her that. Wow. That's nice. I mean, I get it. I get it on some levels because I mean, I'm sure there's lots of stuff that I'm going to be like, I don't want this. <laughs> it's just, it's a lot to go through it. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had to go through it with a couple houses, you know, when my grandma died, I, you know, went and helped with that. And when my great aunt um, died, we, it was me and my kids were responsible for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it feels invasive. And also, like, you have to decide if it's important or not, which is a burden. Mm-hmm. Right. So I am not, I went through my stuff years ago. I, I cleansed everything. I love that. There's nothing. That's my good. kids are not going to find any dirty, weird secrets. It's all gone. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> good on you. Yeah. So I I found some people who work for these like estate companies um, and got some of their perspectives. And one uh, kind of scary-ish story was they were going, this woman was going through, her team was gone and she was starting to go through the bedroom of this um, elderly woman's home that she had recently passed away. And so her job, she was going to go through the drawers and kind of sort through, sort through what was in there. Every single drawer, there's a piece of paper that said something along the lines of, don't touch my things. (laughs) This isn't yours. 
And as someone going through that, and that's your job, like it, it feels really scary. And she said she felt very freaked out. Mm -hmm. She found out that um, this woman had a caregiver that would come in and she'd get very paranoid Mm -hmm. about her stuff being stolen. So Mm -hmm. there were notes left for the caregiver, but you could imagine like being that person going in there being like, but then feeling like this person really didn't want people in her things. Mm -hmm. And your job is to now sell it to people. Like that, like she, yeah, uh, like her spirit would be, yeah, like, like at you, like angry. Like, what mm-hmm. if you like really did love something and have like a goal for that thing, but your family doesn't give a shit and it's gone? Like, well, that happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like this wonderful sewing machine I got. I am so happy about it, and they did not do any research on it. Um, mm-hmm. so another one, um. So some some people report seeing like things move in the houses. Many of the workers will talk about like feeling energy in the homes when they're because it's often you know the family is usually are usually like you said the first ones in there and then they're kind of the first ones that's not family that is invading the space and moving things around. So they have a lot of reports of like either seeing or hearing loud noises. Um, they said some people say that it's like some are more interesting than others. Some are quiet, no incidents. Others are like very energy filled mm-hmm. and um, they hear noises all over the place while they're in, mm-hmm. in the homes. My around the corner for me, there, there's like I live in a historic neighborhood. There's lots of big, big mansions. Well, no, around on the other side, oh. like I knew that lady. She lived alone in this that um a big house and then she passed away and then it was an estate sale and I went to it and I felt really weird about it because mm-hmm. like I'd known her and, the, oh, and it, but I'd never been in her house like we weren't that close yeah right. it's like you know it was like we talked outside we're outside friends <laughs> I have no, no outside friends I do <laughs> good friends with my block yeah yeah you talk to people outside but you don't necessarily go inside so like to go into her house and like I bought something on top of my um right when you walk in because she traveled the world so she had all kinds of stuff from like China and stuff so I have like a little Asian little dish that I got from her thing oh that's nice that's cool yeah but it still it felt invasive Mm -hmm. (laughs) no and I couldn't you know somebody I'm gonna check the cam Go ahead. Yeah. I couldn't stop thinking about like every room I went into. I'm like, who was it? Cause th- th- it was interesting. Cause the house, there was definitely like a man in a woman's room, like a bedroom. Cause there's mutual things in there that were man and woman things. The bathroom had mostly women things in it. And then the kids room, tons of toys, but I'm like, was it the dude? Cause everything was old. So, so it they, could have been either of them. So they could have been tell you what happened if you no, asked. No, I doubt. People, I are they bet. allowed to tell you what happened? They might not even know. Yeah. They might be hired by like the person's kids. Like, yeah. hey, sell all the stuff. We don't want Yeah, to I heard someone ask some sort of personal question about it. And the lady kind of gave a pretty uniformed answer of, we're actually, uh, we're hired. We're not related to anybody. I, kind of a standard response mm-hmm. to that. Um, but yeah, it just it, like makes me like, who was it? Like, I don't even like being in the room because like everything was in this house. It wasn't 
everything which makes you think like there must have been some tragedy or something yeah like there were you not to go back for all that stuff yeah like it was a fully loaded kids room a fully loaded bedroom with both men and women so like then they're just gone yep the family may not have cared yeah about any of it any of it yeah i mean literally everything basement like how you make it bathroom nicer like they went to they moved out of they moved to a different country and yeah have money and can just toss things well I mean they get money from it I mean they're going to pay a percentage or whatever to this company but so okay so some things that come up with with this so the fear of letting go is a big thing that these uh folks who do the estate sales um deal with so they have to often talk to families and and talk about like the memories of your family aren't tied to objects like you know take your few things but like kind of almost counseling them on how to let go of objects and I thought that was interesting because we do counseling so that's why my mom has a garage filled with dead people shit what my mom's entire garage you can't even park cars in there down in California Mm -hmm. it's filled with boxes of various close people that have died Mm-hmm. and and like they they have their stuff because they were the ones responsible for it so like mm-hmm. their best friend stuff's in there both of their mothers um my mom's dad stuff also mm-hmm. like it's all this dead people stuff in the garage well and, and I think that's the thing is like if you because if you everything is important then nothing's important because then it all just becomes a big mess and if you're not using it or it's not like a reminder I don't know it seems like it can get messy pretty quick um okay a lot of people have trouble letting go of things that's why hoarders become hoarders because you get emotionally attached to things even useless things Mm mm-hmm um, yeah, it's that like it, if I get rid of that, then I'm missing a part of them. Yeah. So they deal with that a lot. Um, oh, and it's called estate sale industry professional. That's, that's their official title. Um, one of the statements they said that I liked was when you let go, you create space for better things to enter your life. Okay. That reminds me of Marie Kondo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like how spaces. she says to you know, like thank the object. Yeah, thank it for its service, and then let it go. go. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the guilt of letting go. Um, so like just that idea that if you're letting it go, you're somehow doing something wrong. Like you were talking about, like if you've been trusted as the person to figure out what goes and what stays, there can be some guilt um, along with that because. Then the next part that happens are the greedy bitches. <laughs> and, and I'll just say too, like conflict in family happens. So someone may be charged with setting up an estate sale. And then from all the stories I've read, these poor estate sale professionals often have to deal with angry relatives showing up at the site, neighbors oh even trying to lay claim like that's mine or that was a gift. Neighbors I want this back. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> that's my China bowl. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so I was like, oh, that would be horrible because you're really just trying to do your job at that point. And now mm-hmm. you, now someone's angry coming I in to deescalate. 
Right. Well, and and you literally can't give it to them. Like they have to purchase it and you're making a family member purchase something that was there. Like it feels yucky. So they need to do living wills also. That's important. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, you can have everything sorted out. My grandpa, I, I loved him to death, but he... <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> poor choice of words I'm there um hello my grandpa mm-hmm. and he did not do any of that planning with my grandma or my family he was very scared about talking about it mm-hmm. um he would never say that but he also never planned mm-hmm. sure. so it was something that got really just dumped on my grandma's lap to deal with and it was hard can and family did like go in and like kind of pick through things and get kind of squabbly about things and yeah it's just not helpful (laughs) yeah I mean I think you have to be responsible and have that shit sorted out and don't think it's never going to happen to you because it will well and I think every I mean not everyone but so my grandpa was older with health problems like it was logical to do it and he didn't do it but I even think like younger people go well, that's not going to happen to me. Like I'm young. Why, why would that happen? But like, yeah, I mean, I think it depends on your situation. If you don't really have anything, you don't really need a will, but if you, (laughs) like, and I, I've told my kids, like everything's just split evenly between you. Easy, easy. So Mm -hmm. you don't need to fight. (laughs) That's right. And my dad's like, he's like, I'm going to just entrust it to you. And then you be fair and do what needs to be done to, to yeah. Cause to we be can trust your kids and you right. know that their personality. Types and they like each other. They're not going to like right. stab each other in the backs or do anything weird. So and if you have kids that you can see a fight brewing, and yeah. like you better sort it out. Well, well, when I did my will, there's a whole section. Do you want to disinherit people who, Ooh. yeah. And I'm like, Ooh. no, not at this time, but you've seen that, you know, in the movies anyway, yeah. where people are on their deathbed and they call the lawyer in and make a change last minute. And it's very dramatic. Yeah. Right. I don't want to be in that movie. I really don't. <laughs> I mean, and I do think it could be a lot of families too, who have their own, maybe, you know, parents who have issues with their kids or they've been already mm-hmm. separated. And then you know, when the person passes, there's just kind of this inherent, like I'm owed something um, because of our crappy relationship. And that alone can create problems, let alone just feeling like. That's such a main theme in a movie where it's all like a rich relative dies mm-hmm. and they're all in there like being greedy. Right. And then yeah. It's like one person and then the rest of the family. They all, I agree. That person. I love it when they show like a video of the person after they died, like where they're explaining it. Mm. Well, and I think it probably like mostly lands in scenarios where like, okay, you have four kids that split up evenly four ways. Like, I'm sure there's much more basic ways that goes to more than movie version, but I don't know, maybe there's some spiteful people out there we'll trying see. to hurt, trying to hurt their kids more yeah, after that. Um, so that was my topic. Uh, well, are you going to learn to sew? That's my burning question. I, I actually really want to. However, like this is a pedal sewing machine. So I don't know if this is the thing that I learn on. They're all pedal sewing machines. No, like yeah. it's not powered. Right. But they all use a foot. Well, yeah, but that does a different thing. This like has a pump thing to make the yeah. needle go. <laughs> yeah. My grandma had one. So, I mean, probably not in all honesty on this machine. Well, I mean, I can't sew with my hands normally oh 
Oh, I can. I mean, I, I can do little, think. I can do little ones, but maybe not in a straight line. I wanted to be a fashion designer at Did one you? time. So I really knew how to sew pretty well at one time. My mom is really good at it. And she has a sewing machine. She has a singer sewing machine. My too. video keeps turning off. And I don't know why I shipped in. What do you mean? Can we, okay, read it. <laughs> oh, yeah. What the? What the? Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> What's that? I don't know. Oh my gosh! Mother. Look at this picture. I got instant goosebumps. I don't oh like mother. <laughs> totally okay. I feel what like she's just a misunderstood awesome Eclipse lady. Famous prophetess. Pitis. She yeah. foretold the fates of several rulers within and just after her lifetime as well as the invention of iron ships, the Great Fire of London in 16, of so she's kind 1666 of like, and the defeat of the Spanish Armada. Like a Nostradamus. Well, she worked something. Yeah, I think future topic. You should do a follow-up topic next week just oh, on Mother Jessica. Like, hey, wait, I... Okay, yeah, this might be all right. Paper. I'll sit on this. I will. This might be for next week to like follow up. We'll put a pin in it. Yeah. There's a hole. I feel like okay. Oh my. Okay. 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 Next week. Don't look at it. Next week. Okay. Ah, I get. It. What if this is worth my? Like I got good. It's not. It's not. Let <laughs> like, go. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. Goodbye, Macy. I think the thimble's the coolest thing Definitely. out of the whole lot. The thimble is cool. These things. PBH. Mm-hmm. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Ready. Oh, this bracelet does, by the way, say India on the inside of it, and it does have a number on it. So it is mm-hmm. from India. I'm not looking. Did you not put it in both? Oops. Oh, no. What is it? Millie Vanilli. Look at him. Gotta look at This is my topic. I know the scandal. Look at those shoulder pads. Look at those shoulder pads. Capris. Those lycra capris. I always thought the one in the red was like super cute. With the blue eyes. Oh, there was our booty there. I've never heard this one. I don't know all of them. All right. Ooh, look, you have that crop top going. No, they have a lot of stuff going. I like the, the look in this video, though, because it had the, like, super skin-tight capri leggings with, like, the giant blazer with the super big shoulder pads it's such a cool look all right i'm gonna so talk about that era the scandal of millie vanilli so there's a picture of them He's so quite pretty yeah oh, rob is on the left eyes. with the beautiful eyes and fab is on the right fab has a great jawline yes mm-hmm. it's very fab i was just looking at the pictures still jeez enough enough she said millie vanilli you can that's where i want to be (laughs) millie vanilli was experiencing unheard of fame 
So that song we just listened to, Girl, You Know It's True, was on the Billboard Hot 100 for half a year. I was about to say, I mean, you know, they're famous, but I've never, like that song doesn't, I don't even know that song. I can't I even name one song, but I know the name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What year? 89. Are we talking, I'm sorry. It peaked at oh, number okay. two in 89. So that was the year I graduated high school. And they joined this really cool club MTV tour that year. They're going to tour with Paula Abdul and Tone Loke, which was another like big name back then. And so this was like the big next step. What was Tone Loke's meme song? It's a popular one. Oh, it's yeah. Like a, yeah, sorry for. Uh, no, what is it? Yeah, look it's, it up. It's one of those like you'll like, know it if you. Yeah, know. yeah, it's super famous. It's a famous one, but. So they were performing in front of this huge crowd in Connecticut in 89. Mm-hmm. And so they're doing their, you know, trademark energy and their dance moves. And then the famous chorus came on and suddenly the lyrics started repeating endlessly. Girl, you know, it's 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 okay. girl, you know, it's 15 times. Was it Ed Ghost? I knew right then and there it was the beginning of the end for Millie Vanilli. Oh, I see. It happens all the time now. So I'm like, Rob told uh, the LA Times in November of 1990, I panic. I just ran off the stage. The girl won, the group won anyway, the Grammy for best new artist that year. They beat out Tone Loke and the Indigo Girls. Wild okay. Thing. Oh yeah. Wild wild thing. Thing. No, not that, not that wild thing. I think so. No, she's singing the like 60s one. That's true. Wild thing. You make my heart. No, so I was thinking this one's not everything. Ruby. No, not that thing. one. No, this is this is a this is wild thing. Yeah. Wow. That actually was the tune that was going through my head, though. Oh, but I then you said the other one, and I was like, oh, no, I know that one. Yeah. I know. Three seconds. That was a good one, too. Yeah. I I like that one. So the name Millie Vanilli. Is that, you know, that's Tone Look, too. No, it was Funky Cool Medina. That's Tone Look. What's a Cool Medina? Yeah, I knew it at the time. I don't know. Mm. It's something. It's something. Do you know it really list, cold though. and funky? There's lots we don't know. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> cold and funky. So, Millie Vanilli, the name now is pretty much synonymous with the biggest lip syncing scandal in pop culture history. Mm. Following the scandal, Millie Vanilli became a mockery, a joke. They were ridiculed. They were humiliated. They were hung up to dry. They were shamed. Good they were her. ostracized. They were excommunicated. Yeah. And just, on and I'm on. I'm so impressed with you right now. With what? Is she reading that? You, or is she- were you, I don't know. You did like five. Like... I was just synonyming. Were you reading? I love no. I love cinnamon toast. Yeah, no, that was like five in a row. I was the to go on and on. Wow. This backlash 
100% targeted Rob and Fab. But they were not really the ones to blame. They were not the ones who orchestrated the ruse. They were not behind it. Mm, who orchestrated the ruse? I'm going to get into it. The hate they received would end up having deadly consequences. What? Deadly? You'll hear. They look, I thought they were sweet guys and had real talent. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, 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 exactly. Before the scandal, Frank Farian, a white German producer, oh, he's a dick, isn't he? Wrote a song. This is going to be bad. And then he sang it, but highly enhanced the vocals. And then he hired a group of black lead singers to lip sync it. Boney M was the name of the group. I think it's pronounced Boneyum. Not Bone England, <laughs> in case you're curious. <laughs> they had some big hits. In 1977, one of their big hits was called Ma Baker. This song was sampled by Lady Gaga, the Ma 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 Ma. Oh. Mama. That's, that's Ma Baker. Mama, Mama. I think it's Poker Face. So that's even before, face. yeah, <laughs> Mama, Mama. I thought it was just her saying my, 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 but like Mama, Mama. No, it's straight off of Ma Baker. This Bonium song. It's more complex than I. It's so much that. more complex. Everything is connected. As it should be, as it will be forever on and forevermore. As it will spider throughout time. We're so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) So, even before Millie Vanilli, this producer, Frank Farian, had experience with taking someone else's vocals and putting a pleasing public facing front to them Mm. to make it successful. Mm-hmm. That was his formula. Which is done all the time now. Or, you know. Is it? I don't know. Like, isn't that the whole boy band or like thing but, in the 90s? But it's other people singing the songs and they're just out lip syncing. I wouldn't doubt it. Somebody out there is doing it. They're definitely messing with the vocals. I yeah. Know. I mean, all the recording stuff where when you go to a live show and you're like, you do sound, you sound nothing like your CD <laughs> at all. <laughs> you should never do a live show again. <laughs> you're really outing yourself. Yeah. So now Frank Farian had this song, Girl, You Know It's True. Oh, it- which we just listened to. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's that one. Okay. No, I don't it was that. becoming <laughs> popular in Europe. So he just needed pleasing faces to go along with this music group he wanted needed to create. Hmm. Enter Rob and Fab. They were the pretty faces for the performances and the videos. And And then there were four vocalists behind the scenes. Oh my gosh. So they never sang at all? They never sang at all. I thought it was just their own voices. They never sang. There's a lot of people will go on stage and have their own voices recorded and then they kind of sing over top of it. Mind blown. Yeah, that's another level. It was different voices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There were four vocalists actually. So that's that's where the panic comes when the music and you said like he ran because that can't you run off the stage because like you can't no right (laughs) right right. try. No. (laughs) So when they got 
picked for this project, they were living in a housing project in Munich. So they're really broke. Um, they had met each other on the dance scene and became friends. And Fab like described like when they would see each other, like they sort of saw each other for a while and they'd be kind of like eyeing each other, like kind of jealous at first and like kind of like, you know, territorial or whatever. But then eventually they're like connected and became like right. really close friends. So, but I could see like, hey, friends or more? he's got moves, just friends from my research. Like he's got moves, I've got moves. You know, I can kind of picture that. Like maybe there's a dance off in there. I hope there was a dance battle at some point. Oh man, I I wish there. I wish there could have been an audience. (laughs) So they became friends though, which is cool. Rob spoke German, and Fab spoke French. So when they first met, they communicated in their non-native languages, English. So they both would talk in like a broken English. They were poor to the point that they stole food to survive. Jeez. So then here comes Farian along. So they're like, Not hey, really bad offering the money. On their beautiful facial features. It is literally the crux of this whole thing. It is. Wow. Well, they could dance too. Oh, I they're have pretty, not seen their dancing. They could dance. They look like they can dance. Though. They could dance. Yeah. Yeah, they went. Yeah. Yeah. Like they that. do that shoulder. I know. And it's even more enhanced with the wide shoulder yeah, pads. Like... <laughs> if I find a jacket like that in a freaking thrift store <gasps> or an right. estate sale, I'm going to snatch it. There might have shoulder. been some. <laughs> then we won't fit. <laughs> okay, you both will be off camera. <laughs> or we'll just be shoulder to shoulder. Because we won't have this problem. It'll just be like straight out. It'll be like poking each other yeah. constantly. It'll be yours will all be in my face. <laughs> So they got offered money, you know, to be the faces of this group. They came up with the name Millie Vanilli um, and they agreed. Of course they're going to agree, right? Well, it was like. They're stealing food. They'd been, yeah. And they'd been really like trying to get famous with entertainment, with dancing, with singing. They both did actually sing. So they were like, this might be our foot in the door. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. That sucks when that thing that you. Don't do really well, but do okay. All of a sudden blows up and you're like, yeah, but I'm yeah, not yeah. really good at this. Something <laughs> really don't, don't make me do it in front of everybody. <laughs> well, I mean, they had some talents, but that's not what they were picked right, for. Right. They were picked not to sing. They were picked to be pretty and dance. That'd be me like, okay, so like I played accordion in a couple songs in a band. Mm-hmm. And then if they said, she's an accordionist and they put me on stage and said play us a song no i played notes no they would have like a pro behind the stage and you'd be lip lip accordioning but then but then that's (laughs) but if that if that stopped i mean that would be horrifying because it would imagine yeah i i'm i'm like imagining yeah I'm a living it in all of my mediocre skills. <laughs> so Rob and Fab signed contracts without a manager or lawyer present. And Fab described this like contract that was like this fat. Oh, of course, God. they're not reading yeah. everything. Um, so in their mind, they were agreeing like, okay, we're going to do this one song. Mm-hmm. It's going to get our foot in the door. We're going to meet people and then we'll be able to move on. Like 
they did not want to lip sync. They weren't excited about that. Right. But the money was enticing and they thought, you know, we want to get in this industry. So let's do this. It's like having the, like, oh, so you're going to be backup vocals. I mean, like, you're going to do it because you want to be part of the band still, but you're also, like, jealous that you're not friends. Yeah, have you ever seen that documentary? I think it's called, like, 20 Feet from Stardom or something. It's super good. It's all about the backup singers of all the famous bands. It's very, very good. Yeah. Had Farian realized how popular the group would become, he may have realized that the dancers' accents would be an issue because they both had very thick accents, French and German. Right. Um, but right now, like, the song was just getting popular in Europe. So it was like, okay. They wrote it off. As- so Farian didn't really know what was going to happen. So Rob and Fab would make appearances at the recording studio, but they never sang a note. And the real singers were brought in at night. So there was all this like hush hush espionage and like who knew what. It was was a lot going on. That's so like, so purposeful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like that's so. It's not like it was illegal. I mean. No. No. But um, like most things, if you feel the need to hide it and sneak it in at night, it's probably wrong. (laughs) that if you feel like you can't if you have to be sneaky about things and you're probably doing something you shouldn't be if they're coming in the back door at night <laughs> probably not a good <laughs> so uh they were e- able to keep a music label rep from traveling to germany by saying they wanted to retain creative direction hmm. so arista manager at the times said it wasn't out of the question other producers would do their work and send it in. They just didn't want anyone in the studio with them because it's a creative professional distance a producer wants to have. I respected that. And there was no reason to think that it was anything other than that. So it wasn't out of the norm to not have the record label reps like in the studio. Right, right. But Arista, I mean, that's a major label. Well, and and this is so long ago too. Like, uh, again, like that, I just probably hadn't, it wasn't a thing so you don't think it's going to be a thing you assume they're singing unexpectedly however millie vanilli was catapulted into stardom i really do like that name millie vanilli millie vanilli millie vanilli where do we know what it comes from fab said they picked it because they liked the 80s band scritty politi uh-huh. it was kind of like rhyming okay. in the same way i don't know the music music video for girl you know it's true became a huge hit all around the entire world. And Manili, Millie Vanilli also had four other hit songs. Blame it on the rain. Yeah. Girl, I'm gonna miss you. And baby, don't forget my number, which all hit I number one. one. I feel I like I I feel like I know that one. I remember the rain one. Baby, don't actually maybe I don't know, man. And <laughs> all or nothing which peaked at number four. In short, Millie Vanilli exploded onto the scene and was everywhere globally, all of a sudden, like in one summer, this that's, all happened. That's what's going to happen for this podcast one day. God, help me. One day. Careful what you wish for. I'm not wishing for that. Actually. And with that. This makes me highly <laughs> The suspicion started to come. Awful. Like extraordinary. So every time we gave an interview, the reporters would hear my French accent or Rob's German accent, and they'd say, no way. How could these guys have sung these songs? 
Fab said, because they had thick accents. Like heavy, yeah. Yeah, they weren't. They didn't. They weren't native English speakers. So it's I've like, heard, how do? How, yeah, I've heard that before, though, where people will have like, I don't know if it's which way it goes, but like someone has a really thick British accent, but then they sing, and it sounds, it's kind of like cuts it and makes it sound more. Yeah, but have you heard the Scorpions? No. Okay, they don't speak or, English, or, and it's <laughs> very obvious. They don't what speak English? No, they don't speak English. It it, it's very obvious in their oh. English word songs. Oh. What are they sing? Actually, I think I that scorpions familiar. Are they like a rock band? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I have heard of them. I mean, I now now I'm just going to be like, if you have an accent and you sing in English very well, you're lying to me, and I don't trust you at all. <laughs> never trust. I'm never going to trust you. <laughs> trust no one. Trust no one. <laughs> so Rob said we didn't want to do any more interviews. The more we talked, the worse things got. Yep. Their former Arista product manager recalled the situation. I remember there were some words Fab couldn't pronounce. He had a pretty thick French Guadeloupe accent. So on Girl, I'm Gonna Miss You, he couldn't say miss. He said miss. Which is fine. I mean, that's your accent. But when you're not matching, when you're asked to like, yeah, say the lyrics or say the name of the song, even in an interview, it's going to people are like, "Hmm, what's going on? But the fans were absolutely obsessed. Um, Fans are unconditional. So, well, at this point, you'd be shocked that this is not her real voice. In a second. (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah, there's really somebody behind me. I'm just lip syncing. up so well. <laughs> so Why? Robin just Fab- for this one episode, 177 <laughs> episodes later, <laughs> all for this moment. Right. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Someone really yell at me for interrupting you. No, it's fine. Uh, Robin, I was just holding my breath until we were done talking, and then I was just going to continue my sentence. I can hold my breath for a long time because I do yoga. We do a competition. <laughs> no, I just had my COVID booster. I feel like I can't I feel like my can't breathe at all. <laughs> so they were mobbed. I mean, they were so popular. Cops had to come in and everything. <laughs> Can you imagine coming into our podcast, please? <laughs> That's involved, but not because we're popular. <laughs> It'd be something else entirely. Definitely our internet searches and maybe, maybe the coffin in your maybe something where the statute of limitations has not quite run out. <laughs> Robin Fab had originally planned to just do the one lip sync song and get out. But their contract had hooked them for three albums. And now, how could they get out? Plus, they were enjoying the fame. I mean, they went from being super poor to having everything. Like, they talked in the interviews how they could just get in a hotel room, trash the place, nobody would care, call down for food, get whatever. I would get girls, that. get drugs, get whatever they wanted. If we make it big, day one, we get one day where we do that. Trash a hotel room? Trash a hotel room. Trash a hotel room and do unspeakables. I would feel really bad. I would take a pillow. Like, what does trashing consist of in your mind? 
I mean, I I know. See, this is where we're just bad for this. Like trashing is people. I got hotel through records on the wall. It's like people I really got having fun that pays and for trashing it all. naturally happens. It's like rock and wine would be spilled on the walls. I mean, well, I did that when I was poor. That's nothing new. That's true. I got charged for that. For what? Spilling Here? Drinks? Spilling In your wine <laughs> on a hotel wall. Oh. It was a roller derby road trip. <laughs> I was rooming with Booty. Throwing up vodka crayon all over the No, this was wine. Oh. I roomed with Booty at a spooky hotel outside of the German place. Oh, Leavenworth. Leavenworth. And we didn't bring oh. a wine opener. So we had we're trying to use all these hacks. And I finally I just there with you. had this- to claw my way. No, there were many nights, so this could yeah, there were many similar nights. Sorry, I know. Sorry, I said sorry because I touched your foot again. In case you're wondering, oh, I didn't know. And I just were playing footsie. It's funny, and I don't do it to Naomi at all. It's only your your foot that I keep because my foot is impermeable. Well, you're in shoes too. It's probably because you scare my toes, and they just know, (laughs) sense it. I don't like it. Uh, recharged. I was charged like $75, oh. which is a lot of money. My favorite memory is her headbutting a brick wall. That was blood, not wine, though, that time. And it was outside on a brick wall. But we but we did but we did put um we had a tampon pad that we struck to her face because she had a bloody nose. And we taped it on her with a tampon with pad. A maxi pad. Oh. Tampon goes in, maxi is oh. out. That's right. There's a difference. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We just well, we well. took derby duct tape and I was well because I'm a bleeder. No, she she like so when I start bleeding, I don't bleeding. stop. And so we had to like put some pressure on, and we did that. That was the night that there was the the like there was young boys in the room next to us who ordered pizza, and Booty kept trying to get him to come over. Didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, we hung out no, for a long time. I didn't. Some of us did. I didn't. <laughs> you did? Did you go with booty? I think you did. And I was like, uh, there's a few of us that went over there. I don't know. I mean, you I was. I went over there with a maxi pad. I wasn't into it. Like, I was just here. partying. No, because they were like, we're here for our graduate graduation weekend from college. Yeah, I got way too drunk that night. That's all I know. <laughs> I just remember standing out in the parking lot, just yelling at the top of my lungs. Where is everybody? I know, and I'm like, don't right here. And then she does the. This is the best part. Was so she. She here we go. She said, looks up, goes this direction with her body, and then runs at us, and then hits the wall with her face. It was moments where you feel like you're standing up one second, and all of a sudden the floor or the wall is right here. It just looked like you were so excited to see us, and it was almost like a cartoon, and and we just let it happen because it seemed like it needed. It was funny. Why didn't you get like that at at your party? I want to see that. It's a different so because in Derby, where Stella wakes up at 6 a.m. every night, every morning. I mean, and aside from that, like Derby, we're sweaty, we're gross, we had a bunch of adrenaline. Usually, we're away, (laughs) we're away from home. It's not my town. You don't (laughs) shit where you eat, Sarah. Podcast episode name You don't shit where you eat. I'm putting it down. I like it. That's also relevant to my team. I wanted personal and stories. Story. You're getting it. <laughs> so roller derby. Oh, yes. 
All right. Like, where do we even jump back in on that? Where am I? I'm sorry. There was already (laughs) some foreshadowing that this whole lip syncing thing was risky in front of big crowds. Um, They did a Milwaukee stop in front of 22,000 and the vocals just didn't come on. The guys were caught looking like they're ready to start, but there was no voices to go along with it. I wanted to die, Rob told MTV. I couldn't repeat it 15 times. Mm. So I stopped. I panicked. I went off stage. What'd the other guy do? Um, Probably just Yeah. I would just turn my back and like move. Yeah, because then you can pretend like you're. (laughs) (laughs) But how long are you going to do that? (laughs) Until two hours later. (laughs) Good night. Is everyone gone yet? whoever that was (laughs) Milwaukee they went on to win the Grammy that year which was huge and you know they demanded at that point that they were going to sing on their next album Mm. they're like enough's enough they they felt so much pressure at the secret you know it's stressful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and this is before social media yeah. So can you imagine like having you'd be canceled immediately? Yeah. Fucking cancel culture. So Rob and Fab pressed Farian to let them showcase their true vocals. And that's when everything unraveled. Uh-oh. We said to Frank Farian, you don't let us sing on the album. We don't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So they had the big snafu where the thing was repeating over and over. Um so obviously they were not singing on that. And they're literally the image of the band. So if they go away, it's done. And Rob was like, we don't want to live like this. So Farian, because everything is about to blow up, sensed this and decided that he would be the one to expose the facade so he could control the narrative. That happens so much with like, I'm thinking of like parents of like child stars or like, like, or just manager, like, I'm going to control the narrative of the thing that I, and then I'm going to profit off all of it. And be able to just step out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he purposely put out his statement first. He said the guys had set an ultimatum and were greedy and cocky. And so the guys are let to counter this, you know? Right. Because then it makes it look like you are the ones with no talent. You are the ones that are faking it for everybody. You wanted more. And now I'm forced to tell the lie that you told the world. That's. It's fucked up. That ultimate uh, blanking. Oh, that's gaslighting. Mm-hmm. The world. So the guys tried to counter at a press conference where Rob said we were seduced, we were abused, and we felt very guilty. Mm-hmm. So they really tried to be accountable. They tried to own it. They never. Mm-hmm. They didn't wanted it in the beginning. Yeah, they got caught up in the fame, but they were trying to get out of it. I like that word, seduced. Yeah, they were really mm-hmm. like, her, yeah. The fallout was huge. Arista dropped them, deleted their entire catalog. Fans demanded refunds and threatened to sue for fraud. And Rob and Fab turned over their Grammy. Hmm. Fab said to lose everything so publicly was harsh. 
you don't know where to turn to because there's nobody around you. That's so embarrassing. So You're left alone. Yeah. We were famous and now we're infamous just like that. And they were humiliated and mocked everywhere. I mean, I've made fun of them. Could you imagine like, again, nowadays, how many memes would be out there? Thank mm-hmm. goodness. They there was the version of memes back then. What? Yeah. <laughs> like they were mocked on in Living Color, which is a, oh, a sketch show. Sense. They were mocked on Arsenio Hall. Mm. Um, even when there was some scandal with Drake fairly recently, and they use Millie Vanilli hair on a meme of him. I wonder so it doesn't end. I it doesn't end. Why I know the name because like I don't know the name for the music, so why do I know the name? Yeah, because That's they became a joke. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel bad. I mean, Rob, I'm apologizing to you. I'm sorry. I was swept up in the you know the culture like we'd love to have was. you on for an interview. Oh my god, I doubt Rob. Young cinnamon. I remember <laughs> feeling. I really felt sad at the time because I remember. I mean, Fab. Sorry. I really love them. I like now. Their we're music. now they're not coming on. Well, Rob can't, uh, which I'm going to mention in a minute. I oh like the music. My gosh, and then I remember hearing it was fake and it made me sad because I'm like, oh, I really like these guys. Well, the music was real. Right. It was real okay. music, well, we just they weren't singing. Okay. It. And what about the poor right. people in the background that yeah. never got any credit whatsoever <laughs> or fame <laughs> ever? Alina <laughs> got to sneak out. They were like, they're like, they're like, like pockets of cash, like this like, sucks. Danced out the Boom. back door, like <laughs> danced out. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I have a relative that just passed away that um wrote all kinds of famous songs and nobody knows her name oh, she wrote the friends theme song what? she wrote the color purple broadway musical she wrote um neutron dance lots of pointer sisters songs she wrote the famous earth wind and fire september song nobody knows her name kudos to all those unnamed artists yeah <laughs> i mean you have a name and your name is on the things we're just Kudos to those who many are ignorant of your existence. I'm so sorry. I I mixed up Rob and Fab's names. But in my defense, those names are very similar. Three letters. I mean, they do both have three And with B. That's in my defense. Okay, there was two. There was two. I mean, I wasn't going to give it to you, but I Two out of three. We're good. So what was horrible is though, I mean, looking back and like really diving into the story, which I never had before, is all the hate and blame was really placed placed on Robin Fab. Like they were the faces of the scandal. It was all their fault. I never heard about the other guy's name until I researched it. What was his Sneaky name? Snake. That's why you said it like that. Farian. Nefarious. Farians. Yes. Ooh, I remember Nasty Nassar. Nefarious Farian. Turd. So I've watched, I watched a lot of um, interviews with Fab and he is such a cool guy. Like he's really been able to find peace and with the whole thing he approaches life with positivity and forgiveness. Like he doesn't carry any of it. I wish it's like super cool guy. Um, I wish I did. It's really neat. I don't hold grudges, so I feel like I would be a rob in life. Sarah's canceling me. I mean, a fact. I did not sign a consent form. I said it. I mixed them up again. She's not listening to it. That's fine. Sorry, I'm. I just need to stop saying their names because I see keep mixing them up. Oh, you mix it again? Yeah, does. Oh, that's why she's hyper focused right now. Um, Rob. 
however, never rebounded from the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Suicide. Rob didn't do well with humiliation. Being punched every day in the public eye leaves marks. The only way he could deal with it for him was the addiction, mm-hmm. said Fab. So Rob had attempted to kill himself by jumping off a building. Um, but he was found dead later from an overdose of alcohol and pills mm-hmm. when he was age 33 in 1998. And his death just devastated Fab because they had, had felt like brothers through so long. Mm-hmm. And Fab said, when I heard the news of Rob's death, everything went blank for a moment. Silence. Mm-hmm. It was like losing a part of myself. In order to honor him and for myself, I said a vow that I would do my thing and I would make sure the Millie, the name Millie Vanilli itself means when you fall, you stand back up and you move on, mm-hmm. which I love. Aww, so nice. And Fab said initially when like the whole thing blew up, his initial, initial um, feeling was relief that wow. the secrecy was over mm-hmm. you know other emotions came on after that right. but the initial and show was relief which i can totally relate to so they actually wrapped up filming a biopic on the story in december mm-hmm. so soon to come i hope they do the story really justice mm-hmm. right. because even now if you look it up a lot of it is going to be like oh the scandal millie manilly faked everybody out right. it was it's a all ruse. value well and it still is like blaming them like they did something wrong instead of really like showing the true story behind it where i feel right. like they were actually victims yeah absolutely i mean and specifically these people came from different parts of the world like like if there's talk about cultural impact too of mm-hmm. yeah yeah i completely agree and it's really unfair and sad sad it is sounds like a grooming situation like grooming like how you said seduced and mm-hmm. you know like offered they're so young and well they had no money so yeah. of course they're going to go for that and thought that there was going to be a better outcome and then it just kept they yeah and this is why it keeps they were trapped they're it, take adva- taking advantage it keeps of. making me think of children actors and their parent managers because they like you trust that your parents have the best like interest in mind years. for you like mm-hmm. yeah like yeah. they're gonna do the best for you and they have the best like and you are hoping that's what your manager is doing I just read one uh, article about um jenna something from iCarly oh heard that story yeah uh, not the story but she's the one that wrote the book that said like i'm glad my mom's dead or i'm glad my mom died um, like last year so it says yeah, yeah mm-hmm. i'm glad my mom and it got like a like some people had some big feelings about what's well, a shocking title it is intentionally so yeah, yeah. i mean that was kind of a tough, like part of it though like mm-hmm. she was started working because she was trying to make money because for the family and for her mom was like pushing her possibly a future topic mm-hmm. possibly wow i now know who millie vanilli is and i now know more than just the name That's, yeah watch the videos the more you know seriously listen to our podcast if you didn't listen to our last podcast, Macy talked about, I talked about the existence of real giants. 
No, no, no. The redheaded giants of ancient Nevada. And I talked about Hollywood's abuse of animals and uh, um, Edison's elephant. Tragic, tragic, and disturbing for sure. Oh, we should rate our topics on the disturbometer. Can you tell them about your artwork too and your collage? Oh, um, I'm I'm making a hastily made collage for each of our podcasts so from last episode on you'll see naomi's og artwork on there if you're lucky maybe you'll win it in a raffle someday when we decide to do that shit maybe just made it up so we'll see and please uh consider being our patron on patreon it's only a dollar and it buys our wine and gas money and and you may be you You get exclusive content you may be dealing with some bystander effect where you're like hey other people are probably giving enough so i don't need to participate because they're being taken care of and i do care about them it's not we're not being taken care of no (laughs) until next time blame it on the rain and girl you know it's true my, 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 my. Poker face?